0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the star from Renfield, Ben Schwartz, and the director, Chris McKay. Sorry to
1: interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here?
0: My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers? Wouldn't even need to snap.
1: Okay. Uh Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what?
0: Okay. Uh, first of all, Chris, Ben, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with me today about Renfield. Uh, it's been a very, very exciting uh, process seeing Universal kind of go through a reboot, if you will, of how to handle classic horror movie uh, monsters on mm. screen now. Uh, Chris, can you first start off with uh, explaining what was the idea to kind of center this around like a codependent relationship instead of like a straight Remake, which yeah. is what we typically see within
2: the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, we're really lucky that Universal, uh, uh, you know, kind of allowed us to have sort of a cockeyed point of view on the Dracula uh, story and not do something that's sort of a typical, um, you know, kind of a typical Dracula story, whether it's an origin story, or just watching him, you know, sort of in modern times go after victims and that sort of thing. But allowed us to take a side character, Renfield, who is, you know, been Dracula's servant for 90 years. And he's in, an, you know, this this toxic relationship. And at the beginning of the movie, he's got this moral dilemma that he's that he's been faced with, and he realizes he's got to get out, but doesn't really know how. And the fact that, like, you know, we're able to make a movie like this that is, um, you know, this just that just has a unique spin on this story. Um, I really feel lucky that they allowed us to do this and allowed us to do it as an R-rated movie yeah. and spend money uh, on practical effects and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing to be able to um, uh, be playful and funny in in, our, in in the way that we build the characters around Renfield and Rebecca and Dracula. Um, allowed us to hire Cage yeah. to play Dracula. I mean, there's, there's very you know there's there's, there's very few people. Uh, it's a real short list of people that you really are hungry to see interpret Dracula because it's been done a million times like you said and it's something that people have, you know, uh, uh, kind of do by rote on some level and to be able to have it have him be kind of like a rock and roll narcissist uh, it was a lot of fun and something excited me about the project.
0: And Ben, you you share a few scenes opposite Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. as Dracula, can you just tell me what it's like acting opposite uh, aside him when he's in that mode of trying to channel that character?
1: amazing it's you just have to react the whole setting was exactly like those scenes are in a abandoned a real abandoned hospital and they're <laughs> they're set up so beautifully that you look at where you are and then you look at Nick cage and you're like holy it's just you just have to react. Everything is there for you. And then the funniest thing is after doing these scenes where he's choking me and we're getting really into it. And then they're like, cut. Okay, we need to change cameras. And then Nick and I go to our little chairs and he's still dressed as Dracula. Like he doesn't get, so it's like, hey man, how are you? Good. Yeah, everything. And then we're just talking and he's just dressed as Dracula. It's teeth. Everything. It's, 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 it was heaven. And also I'm such a Nick Cage fan. I mean, all of us are such. If you're any, anywhere near our age, you've seen Nick Cage in a thousand movies. So it's, it was just a, a pleasure and to talk to him was even better. Absolutely. And
0: Chris, you were mentioning before the studio let you do an R-rated version of this, lots of gore, lots of violence, action. Ben, you get involved physically in the third act of this film Yeah. talk about uh, working with Chris to coordinate some of those fight scenes and what that was like.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fir- the first thing was uh, Chris is like, go watch Mean Streets, watch Donnie Brasco. Uh, <laughs> and I watched all those things, and then uh, we realized that I'm not those people, I have those posters on my wall. So I'm trying to be those people, which I think was a really fun thing. So the idea that I get to do some of these action sequences is it's it's incredible, and um, we kind of with Chris McKay and Chris Brewster, who's the stunt coordinator, try to find a way to have this person who's not probably totally skilled at hurting people, but like is trying his best to whatever to do it all, and to have a, I have a fight scene where I'm like I'm like super powerful. It's like a dream come true. I'm a comic book nerd, so it's like it's a dream come true to have powers and like be able to throw someone across a room and like. And uh, to try to live in that moment of like being like, okay, what does it feel like to actually be stronger than someone for the first time in my life? <laughs> so it was it was lovely. And McKay is a perfect person to have to like rah rah you and show you exactly what he wants and show you how best place the camera. And together, it's just it was great. And then when you see it in the end, also the stunt team, Andrew, and we have so many incredible people right. uh, that came to New Orleans to do this. So it looks this the the I think people are going to be. Blown away by like oh the comedy the gore and also the action. People won't. I don't think people are ready for like the John Wick level stuff that we have going on in this Damn. film. It's
0: really exciting. I was going to say because Chris, you have experience working in action uh, within animation and mm-hmm. also with CGI creatures and yeah. Tomorrow War, but here it's person on person, yeah. lots of uh, objects on set uh, cracking and smashing and breaking, yeah. and yeah. then mixture also of. Practical gore and blood versus also CGI. You yeah. just tell me like a little bit about like the, when you decided to use CGI blood versus practical
2: on Yeah, well, you know, to, this is a really good question because it kind of comes down, you have to kind of make a deal with your crew mm-hmm. when you're doing practical stuff, especially practical blood and things like that that take a long time to clean up and a long time to set up. So... You really have to kind of roll the first couple of takes without it you, yeah. just to sort of, you know uh, Just to see what you're you know, see what's gonna happen on camera and you know Just and, and agree that look if we if we if we nail it on these takes and We don't nail it when we do the practical stuff. We'll just add it digitally later um, So that's kind of like you just to get everyone kind of on the same page You just sort of you know, roll the first couple of takes without it get everything kind of dialed in and then on the third and fourth take you, you, you blow everything you've got, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, uh, uh, to me, working practically, um, it's something that Ben has said, uh, you know, a few times where, you know, it's like you're in the room with the stuff happening. There's nothing wrong with shooting stuff, green screen, and, we, you know, we've all shot green screen stuff, but I like to go to locations and bring the actors You know, we brought the actors to Iceland in Tomorrow War. Oh my God! And and those
1: scenes in Tomorrow War, when they're in the snow, are in. You can't. You would never be able to fake that. It looks incredible.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we're on top of a glacier, and everyone's. You know, it changes the way you you behave as an actor because you are really cold. You don't have to (laughs) fake (laughs) it. You're freezing, and um, and you're you are knee deep in snow that has never been touched. You know, when you're on your first take, that walk that you're doing, you probably haven't done that walk yet. And Mm. so, because I really wanted people to struggle and really look like struggle, so. And the same thing, you know, here where you know I wanted, you know, Brewster was great. He was the he's a stunt coordinator, but he's also the second unit director. One of the two second unit directors that we had, and the two second unit directors I had were the stunt coordinator and the visual effects supervisor, because mm-hmm. they both brought a lot of their skill set to the table to be able to do all the different kinds of things that our movie needed.
0: Nice. And Ben, Yo. you were mentioning before uh, these classic gangster uh, films that you would go to for inspiration. And it's typical to watch a tough guy on screen, uh, but we don't often see uh, characters like yours where they're pretending to be tough, but they have all this insecurity and vulnerability yeah. inside of them. Can you name a performance uh, that you could think of off the top of your head where somebody had to portray masculinity, toughness, but they were masking the insecurities oh
1: wow I feel like there's I do a lot of characters like that <laughs> I do a lot, of ca- a lot of arrogant idiots where they think they're nailing it but they're not quite nailing it mm-hmm. um, but I don't know I bet Chris Chris was the one who gave me the list of incredible movies to watch when I was in New Orleans I wonder if there's uh, well, someone like that I mean
2: I think that you know what Ben brought to the table what I far what, what I you know I, you know I, I met yeah, Ben and I worked on Robot Chicken and we've worked on uh, the Turtles movie for a minute yeah. oh yeah um, so we, we, we knew we knew each other before this but what and what I always knew about Ben was that he's an incredible. You know, behind Ben's eyes, there's an, there's an incredible vulnerability and there's incredible sensitivity yeah. and nuance. And when he did the first audition, you know, for Teddy, uh, he was intimidating. He was obviously super funny. He was also very childlike, and there was a sadness in there, uh, and and and, and so- something that you know, and he, and he could actually, you know, show me going from this guy who was a, was really scared to actually pull the trigger to somebody who became a monster in that scene and I was just so blown away and I really you know wanted to work with Ben on this movie and want to continue to work with him because he's just so fucking good Chris at, gave yeah. me so much confidence here I remember doing those auditions and also by the way it's
1: during a time when we're doing callbacks with Zoom so yeah. it's like Chris is giving me direction over a computer and I'm in my I'm in my little office <laughs> and I'm like doing these scenes but we even then we found ways to get really cool moments like me a- acting into a camera where I can see other people's faces and like um, but I think I so appreciate you saying that and I think it's a uh, Chris is able to see beyond me just trying to be funny yeah. and see all the little things I'm doing. And he was so quick to spot him and be like, oh my goodness, to see you flip like this, to see all the drama in there. And then we would do takes where we push the drama. Then he'd be like, I got that. Now let's do takes where we do this. And then when he's editing, he can find whatever he wants to play with, but... Um, it takes someone to see it, like Chris, because maybe some people just see me playing John Ralphio, and he's like, oh no, you could do this, I yeah. want you to do this, and I want you to show everybody else you can do this. So I, it's because of McKay that I'm in the film, and I couldn't be, couldn't be happier. And as we wrap up here, I just want to know, uh, what, is, what, we can, what can we look forward to
0: next from the two of you on the horizon?
1: Oh, let's do a movie together. Let's Yay!
2: Do, um, what big movie? Can I'm going to go watch Ben do improv, uh, because oh, he does yes. amazing, his shows are amazing, and I'm a huge fan of what he does when he he does these long-form storytelling mm-hmm. improvs. So I I'm, I love that he makes real characters in these shows. And, and it's so fun. I've never laughed harder than when I've watched Ben on his Netflix You're the best. shows. Uh, so, th- so the first thing I'm going to do when I have some free time is try to go watch Ben. I can't wait to give him tickets. I've mean, been busy for so long. I do this uh, tour
1: called Ben Schwartz and Friends now. We're playing Radio City Music Hall in September, which is a 6,000-person venue. And it's like... I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, Um, uh, yeah. and I'm writing a bunch of stuff right now, so we'll see if it... We'll see if it all works out, but so far so good. Awesome. And I'm sure Chris and I will jump on something again. I hope so. I hope so too. It'd be okay. too fun. We had a really fun time with this, and also creatively, we can we play together very well. That's mm-hmm. great, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate thank, it. Man, thank you, man. Congrats,
2: your first yeah. one. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Hey,
0: everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the star for the new film Renfield, Ben Schwartz, and its director Chris McKay here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Renfield is now currently playing in theaters from Universal Pictures.
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.